0: G'shawn, J. Will, and Max,
1: the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: I had essentially Friday off from you guys, but I still kind of had to work a little bit. The Dickey V Foundation went down there and hung out. The V Foundation and got a chance to see a lot of our colleagues and bosses and, and just experience something that, you know, I never experienced before. And it was a great thing, being able to see uh vitale and the foundation raised about i think it was 11 and dollars in a single night kevin Nagandi was the MC of the show who works at espn who's our sports center anchor um you know i got a chance to see everybody from jimmy pertaro to to george boltenheimer the old president of espn norby was there uh, a lot of your basketball college basketball colleagues jay was in the house mike fratello mike fratello very mob jersey own mafia let's go yeah. mike very very mob bossy. The czar uh, Rick, of the telestreet. Yes, he is. What is it? Uh, Rick, Rick Barnes. Rick uh, Barnes, yeah. Scott uh, Drew. Scott Drew. I'm trying to think. Man, it was a, bu- it was a bunch of them. Let's just put it that Jay way. Wright. <gasps> Jay Wright. Jake. Coach Wright was oh. there. He was clean. As I would say, pimping, clean. He was looking real, like, slick. Any like breaking news? Ready. Any breaking news? Well, I don't know if it's going to be breaking or not, but you know how it is. You smell. I can smell some purple and gold in the future. I don't hmm. know if that means... I don't know if that means today, tomorrow, next week, two years from we'll now. See. I could just smell NBA. I could smell it, you yeah, know. Man, it was, but I had a good, I had a good time. Very, yeah. uh, very Florida like. Some was of a- the conversations that I had uh, in my car driving over, <laughs> I can't necessarily share on the air, but it's very just put it this way, very it it was Florida like. There's a weekend packed
3: for sports, so it was this weekend. I mean, between the Kentucky Derby. Between the Canelo fight, that I know you're going to give us a quick breakdown on all the NBA games. I mean, it, it was, was a it, big it, sports weekend. It was a great weekend.
1: Yankees got rained out one. They had a doubleheader yesterday. I mean, it, like, at, at, like there was no, there was time for nothing else but sports this weekend. But the Sixers, I think, is like, look, they did they made, they moved heaven and earth to get James Harden. And then when they finally got there, found out, oh, wait, it's not James Harden. They go down 0-2, and they don't have Embiid. And this series looked like it was a rat, man. This thing was over. Then Embiid comes back. They get game three. And then James Harden did what he did last night. And all of a sudden, the pressure's on the Miami Heat because they got to defend home court now. Here's Joel Embiid at the post-game presser.
2: That's the reason why he's here, uh you know that's the reason why we brought him uh you know since he's gotten here um, he's been adjusting you know based on what we need from him uh whether it's playmaking and tonight uh you know just going and getting the bucket uh especially based on you know how that we're guarding everybody else and making tough shots uh he's been doing that his whole career, and uh, you know that's why he's here, so you know he's only two two uh, we got a lot of work to do um but uh, I'm excited about, you know, uh, what we can accomplish.
1: Jay Harden had 31, mm-hmm. but, but you heard, like you know, there's this sense that hey, that's this we can be better, and I think that's right. I think Harden can be better than he was, but he was very, very good. What did you see? Their team was better. Mm-hmm. Now I don't expect James
3: Harden. If you watched the game last night, to make all these difficult three-point shots. He was 6-10 from the three-point line, right? Only took two two two-pointers, made a lot of contested threes. So I don't expect this to be the norm every single night. But their team shot the hell out of the basketball. They shot 49% from the three-point line. I was talking to Allen Yates about this before the show. Danny Green, hello, Danny Green. Welcome to being here in Philly, making shots, right? Tobias Harris, they made shots. That's what you want from their team. Here's what it comes down to for me and Miami, though. They struggle shooting the ball. Last two games, shooting 21% from the three-point line. Duncan Robinson, where are you? In the Atlanta series, literally like nine games ago, you had 23 points play on 28 Jack. minutes. He's played a total of one minute in this series. They're targeting one minute they're, in they're, this series. They're, 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 you know. but, but Max, a couple years ago, he signed a five-year, $90 million deal to be your three point shooter. So, when you think about Miami, when it comes down to the fourth quarter, they struggle scoring. They rank towards the bottom of the NBA in scoring in fourth quarter points. Jimmy Butler had 40, Bam had 21. Tyler Hero didn't have a great game last night. He typically can come together, but you need three point shooting to open up the court for other guys so you're to attack So,
1: you think Spolstra needs to play Duncan Robinson?
3: I just think it's, I don't know if it's Spolstra, but I, I look, I trust Eric Spolstra. He's one of the greatest coaches in the NBA. But this is a problem that reflects on the organization. If you paid this guy $90 million and he's played a total of one minute this entire series Mm -hmm. against a team that needs you to open up the floor now with Joel Embiid on the court. Mm
2: -hmm. Hey, Jay, did James Harden look out of shape last? uh, Did James Harden look out of shape?
3: But, CK, I don't don't take it as James Harden looking in shape. He made tough uh, shots, man. He he made made, tough shots. He he got hot.
2: He made tough shots, but I just want to at least go. go back to Thursday, when everybody, when I was on the show last, on Thursday, when we or everybody on the show felt as though James Harden is just like, he done lost it or whatever. You got to admit, the guy gave you 31-7-9. and nine. You said 49% from the three. Well, part of his three-point shooting attributes to that 49%.
3: Yeah, but, Kiyaki, so, I can recognize when there's an anomaly, right? Like, I you now, James Harden drops 35 again on those same tough shots. He's hot. Okay, but I, I, this is not who James Harden is to me anymore.
2: But wait, Jay, it's I'm not. curious about but, but that. But why let me, can't also, he, why let me can't... also say this, though, Jay. To close out the Toronto situation, he he cooked that game, too. He had two bad games the first really two games. but like that, though. And if you watched
3: the, last, if you, the games last night, man, like he didn't create James Harden's separation. Uh, On a lot of his shots, like he was getting shots like barely off the contested fingers of people, he got hot. But I'm not. This is not who James Harden is all the time. Man, I'm gonna take that 31, 7, and 9
2: and keep it moving. Yeah, why? Oh yeah, I'm
3: not. I'm not not discouraging him on it. I'm just saying it's buying Joel Embiid time to be the player that we know Joel Embiid
2: can be. It's a great game. But the reason I asked you this to to begin with is so that you can explain to me why is the 31, 7, and 9 in the fashion in which you got it. It is somewhat a problem.
3: I didn't say it was a problem. No, the word not, problem never
2: came out of my mouth. No, I use problem. <laughs> you didn't use I know. problem. But why is it like not only you, but others feel like, oh, well, you know, is it just that when you didn't see it coming last week, now all of a sudden it's coming and people aren't satisfied with it?
3: I didn't say I wasn't satisfied with it. I just said I don't expect that every Hold game. Hold I, I have a question, that's No, Jay. That's not the norm for him.
1: Jay, why can't he do what he did? What I saw last night was he had some step-back threes. They were, I mean, maybe he doesn't, not quite as quick as he was, but he created separation off rhythm and little quick feet, and, and that's what he does, right? He's yeah. very good at stepping see, back this, behind th- the line
3: and, and, th- and hitting that three. This is a very hot topic. The game, to me, last night was not about James Harden. It was not. So, I know people will try to make it about James Harden. The game last night was about Philly's ability to knock down threes from the outside and hit a double the clip of Miami. Now, a lot of that is due to James Harden's passing Messing, ability. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not discouraging James Harden in his play. You guys are trying to make it seem like I'm discouraged. I don't I'm know why you're so no, down yeah, James not, you guys are doubling I'm down in that play, and That's not my point. No, Jay, I'm, I'm not. Say, not. I'm, I'm just, just saying I don't expect him to drop 31 every single night on that kind of offensive shooting. It was the overall play of their team. But as
1: and you now- said, Embiid's going to be cutting back look- to his normal self, right? Go ahead, Key.
2: No, I was going to say, look, at, listen here, thick skull. I'm not trying to. <laughs> but Max is. I'm not, no. not trying. I'm trying to understand. You are the basketball savant and the expert. I'm trying to understand. If a guy gives me 31, 7, and 9, I don't give a damn. How he gave it to me, 49% as a team shooting from three. If I can get that every single night, I'm probably going to win most that's games saying, I would think. That's what I'm saying, That's it's what sustainable. It's
3: sustainable. That's right. what I'm saying.
2: But so far, in the last three yeah. out of four games, he's given you that twice. Out of the last three, out of the last, I'm sorry, three games. out of the last two of four games, he's given that to you twice, right? Well, I mean, he hasn't given you you
3: that type of shooting. He's giving you the passing ability. That's why I said last night it's about them knocking down shots, and you're seeing what team they could be when they're knocking down shots, right? That's my whole point. And Miami is not in the fourth quarter. They struggle to score. So the conversation is not about James Harden. So you can't expect him to drop 30 every Mm -hmm. single night. Mm but it's about them knocking down, open up the perimeter. That's yeah.
1: a- as you said, like if Kyle Lowry isn't getting guys the ball where they need to get it as well because he's not giving you the minutes at the high quality, they may not hit shots as well. Whereas if Harden's giving it to you right where you need it, then all of a sudden the three-point shooting goes up. Then there's what happened in the West and why the NBA's best team might be in trouble for a second straight series. What? Next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80.
0: G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast.
1: Did you guys see this Sky Sports um, coverage? Formula One? F, yeah, the Formula, F F one Formula, Formula One, Formula One, F1, yes. whatever they call it. Formula One race, in yeah, yeah, Miami. Have you Formula ever been one. to this, by the way? I'm not messing it, with me.
3: no, I I you. Key, this <laughs> I've is... I've two is, of them. This, I've I've been I've, been to two.
1: I've, I love it. Yes. Here's the thing good, that... Good, look, good for you guys. I'm happy for you. It's not for me. Go
3: away and tell me about Mark Brundle. Go ahead and tell me what happened last night. Because I saw it. I saw it, and I was kind of appalled by it.
1: Well, he's interviewing... Paulo Banquero, um, and he seems to think Paulo Banquero is a basketball player. Went to Duke. Yes, uh, who's sixteen and a not, half? By the sure way, I'm not sure if you're aware of him. Thank you, Max. And he thinks he's Patrick Mahomes. Apparently, listen, listen to the interview. This is crazy. I've never been to an F1 race. This is this is spectacular. It's amazing to be allowed right in the middle of the competitors just before the race
2: starts. Yeah, now you can see they're locked in. It reminds me of myself. The real focus. Okay.
1: It's not Patrick. That's why he ignored me in the beginning. But what is your name, sir? Harlow. Vanquero.
4: Right. Okay. Well, I thought I was talking to somebody else. So I'm sorry about that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. The best is that he just dismisses, dismisses the interview. I'm like, you still interview potentially the number one 2022 NBA draft pick. Like it's not like oh, it's a throwaway interview. It's still okay. But how you yeah. mistaken Paolo Ben for Patrick I, Mahomes? I, have a well, on I that. mean,
2: y'all looking at y'all looking at the height, right? Light bo- Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> if you if you look at him if from a distance and you really just don't know. Yeah. Sometimes people all kind of look the same to you, regardless. He probably has no idea how tall. Patrick Mahomes is. He just thinks all quarterbacks are tall.
1: First of all, he's, he's not from here, right? So he's not as familiar with the athletes over here, presumably. Secondly, this is something my brother used to talk about. You know, you ever hear um, ghetto boys, uh, my mind's playing tricks on me? Mm-hmm. Was their bi- first big, big hit, right? Well, Bushwick Bill, who is what's nowadays called a little person, right, in his verse was talking about a nightmare he had. And he said he stood about six or seven feet. And we'll do the edited version. Now, that's the creep I'll be seeing in my sleep. And my brother used to say, you know, what's funny is that there's a big difference between six and seven feet, but maybe not from Bushwick Bill's perspective. You see what I'm saying? So, this dude is a shorter dude. He doesn't know the athletes of this country as well. And all he knows is, uh, you know, he stood about six or seven feet. You know, yeah, guy's Mahomes really is clo- tall. Yeah, no. Mahomes is closer to
3: six, and Bancaro's closer to seven. His producer set him up, man. I'm yelling at my producer on that one. I'm yelling, oh, it producer could have been Ben Simmons, hey, it looks like Patrick Mahomes.
4: I don't know that he has a producer, he's just wandering around the pit lane. Somebody lanes. had to tell this man that was Patrick no, Mahomes. he said, he said, oh, look, there's Patrick, I'm going to go get him.
1: Curtis oh, Granders, uh, J. Will. G. Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast.
2: felt good when I made the first three, four. uh, Luka told me a bunch more about the
3: When he's playing like that, um, when he's aggressive and not thinking about about the shot and just catch and shoot, he's as good as anyone.
2: Final Mavericks, 111.
1: Phoenix, 101. We're down to a best of three in this second round series. Oh, Yates. Yates is on it. There it is. My mind's playing tricks on me. It's one of the all-time greats. Woo! Um, Guys... Both series nodded at 2-2. Three-game series. Suns and Mavs now a three-game series. Obviously, Sixers and Heat is now a three-game series. But the interesting thing, and the Suns looked like they were just going to roll the Mavs, right? Not anymore. The interesting, before we even get to the game, guys, did you see what Chris Paul tweeted after game four in Dallas? I will read you the tweet want to find players for saying stuff to fans, but fans can put their hands on family members. Mm -hmm. Bleep that. Uh, Chris Paul's mother, wife, two kids watched the game close to the son's bench, and his mom had hands put on her, and his wife was pushed, a source told ESPN's Dave McMenamin. And Chris Paul's kids saw the whole thing. Dallas said in a statement, it is unacceptable behavior, it will not be tolerated. The Mavericks, along with American Airlines Arena, swiftly removed the fan from... Sunday's game so before we even get into the Chris Paul and the and the John Morant of it all right what do you guys think just Jay the fact that his family like he he's upset that hands were put on his family here's what's
3: happening it's first off you should never put your hands on anybody keep your hands to yourself And I'm glad that Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks made a statement afterwards saying that they acknowledged that they had the young man removed. The kid looked like he was about 15 years old, by the way, as CP3 was, you know, chatting with him on the way out of the stadium. But it it really poses the question that as an athlete, Key, do we feel comfortable inviting our families to away arenas in playoff games, knowing how fans drink, knowing how fans engage, and knowing that the information out there about who your family is, about how they partake in social media, it can become a bigger thing. And, um, you know, look, I'm not making any excuses for the young man because you should never put your hands. That's why I started the conversation off this way. And I'm glad that the organization has protected CP3's family. I can see why CP3 is appalled and angry at the situation. But at the same time, like it, it, it makes you question that as a player. Like, do you want to put your family members in that situation, knowing how
2: fans can inflame the situation? Yeah, I'm going to put my family members in that situation because I know my family. I ain't even worried about it. You know, <laughs> I, 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 that's the least of our worry. We ain't, you know, I, trust me. I've seen it up close to a person in my own career where my family had to take matters into their own hands to defend whatever was going on in the stands with them and fans. So I don't even worry about that. And if I'm Chris Paul, you keep bringing your family to the games, man. Don't allow them to discourage you from your family having a moment with you. And if they, and if in next time somebody see them put their hands on Chris Paul's parents, a, a sister, kids, mother, whoever, they need to go put hands on them. And I understand see, he might have been young. I understand he might have been uh, 15, 16, 17, whatever his age was. At the end of the day, don't put your damn hands on nobody. Right, I don't care. Period, man. I'm not no. Don't put your damn hands. We keep having this same conversation. We had it uh, whether you could be verbal towards somebody, you could throw something at somebody. Now you are actually physically touching somebody's mom. I mean, you lost your damn mind. Yeah, look, you But you that are... all starts in the home. Okay? That all starts in the home. That ain't that ain't nothing but something being taught at home.
1: Yeah, look, you are in a, in a sporting event in an arena. It's not just like everywhere else, like walking down the street, because everyone comes together with a rooting interest. So you're allowed to say the equivalent of, and I'll clean it up for the radio, right? You stink. Like you can't just you walk down the street, you yell that at somebody. It's it's different. But in a sport in a sporting arena, you understand that's part of the game. But here's what's not okay. In in other respects, like don't say something past what's happening on the on the court in terms of competition that you wouldn't say someone to someone in the street. Don't do anything that you wouldn't do to someone on the street. You're not going to th- go, just start throwing stuff at somebody, right? What do you think's going to happen? You're not going to put your hands on somebody. You're not going to curse them to the floor about their family or anything like that. You're not going to do it. Why would you
2: do it in an arena? It and doesn't Jay, make sense. And you say, you, know, you, you say, well, should we not have our family members go to away games? No. Our family members should be allowed to go to away games, home games, no. anywhere we play.
3: No, key. I was just saying when you get deep into the playoffs.
2: No, I understand.
3: Like you know, it, it's just something that players sometimes should think about. That's all. That's all. It just it poses that. Yeah, you, I mean, can, you can do. It, look, you guys, going to do probably, whatever they want to do. Key, bring your families to whatever game. I'm not trying to discourage you, you from it, doing so.
2: You probably can hire some security if you choose to do yeah, so, whatever just saying, the case may be. But I think I think personally, guys should do what they feel. Of course, they want to do. And if Chris wants to take his family to the away games, he should have the luxury to be able to do that without having to worry about the safety of his family members yeah. in an arena. I that shouldn't I even just, be I, a luxury. I would really. like to
3: hear a more detailed report about what actually happened, because like watching the video, the kid looked like he was 15 years old.
1: Yeah, you like he, like right, he was yeah.
3: 15, 16 years old. So I just want to hear more. Not that about 15 and 16
1: year olds can't misbehave; they, can't they can. Yeah. Yes, of course. But you want to find out what happened. Yes. Right? Um, that's Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. By the way, Chris Paul was in foul trouble all game and wound up fouling out. Did not have a very good game. John Morant is, you know, hurt, basically, um, because of a play that he thought was dirty, which I don't know if it was dirty. There's like a lot going on in that series. A long shot wins the Kentucky Derby, and... Why it's a long shot that the Grizzlies will now beat the Warriors... By the way, I just switched series in my head. Right? I yeah, said John Moran. I, I didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah, I, just, First, I just, I just combined like, John the John Suns. The I just Knicks. combined the Suns, Mavs, and I, hey, I watched a lot okay, of basketball over the Max. weekend.
3: That, it's a long I was weekend, like, wait, baby. Oh, it's like wait, John's playing for Phoenix.
1: Yeah, that. that I <laughs> Not just, a I just, long I just, weekend. I just Max, combined at least. By the way, at least two series. <laughs> I'm lucky I didn't bring Kyle, Kyle Lowry up. <laughs> g Jay, J-Will, and Max, the podcast.
4: Slash unsportsmanlike today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P dot com slash unsportsmanlike.
1: Hey, Keyshawn J. Willamack, ESPN Radio, Series XM channel eighty, and your smart speakers. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. It is time for No Huddle. Get you caught up on everything from the sports weekend. First Saturday in May is the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, we saw an upset for the ages, gentlemen. You sound caffeinated now, Max. You ready? You sound caffeinated. <laughs> Let's go, baby! Did John Morant play in the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw something. Did we confuse here's, him with Patrick Mahomes? Here's, here's the horse. <laughs> here's the horse racing radio network.
2: And they're into the stretch, and it's Fessier Crown Pride, and Epicenter is
1: coming up on the outside. Epicenter has taken the lead as they arrive into the final furlong. Sandon is coming after him. Epicenter and Sandon, these two strive for stride. Simplification down the outside is next, and coming down to the wire. Epicenter's ended. Rich Strike is
4: coming up on the inside. Oh, my goodness, the longest shot has won the Kentucky Derby. Rich Strike has done it in a stunning,
2: unbelievable upset.
3: Max, can I tell you what happened to me? Yeah. I have money on Epicenter. So as Zandon and Epicenter are going down the stretch, you can only imagine me, Keith, standing up like, yes, yes, yes. And then I see Rich Strike in 17th position start to make that turn around the stretch. And I'm just like, no, no. No, and the fact that he won it—I mean, first off, I threw something at my TV. Secondly, really happy for everybody to bet on eighty-to-one odds in this game mm-hmm. for Rich Strike. But the fact is, it's cra- fastest quarter mile in the race's one hundred and forty-eight-year history. History—that's what we saw. Kentucky done. Derby, That's, oh yeah. my! Yeah. God. I mean, we so much to get into with the Derby between Jack Harlow, Drake, and Rich Strike. It was a
1: weekend.
4: Do you guys Maybe see here. who has eighty-to-one odds to win the Super Bowl? Who? New York Jets. I was about to oh say you
2: Jets. you, my. <laughs> that would be a rich
4: strike. would tie right? it
2: together to the Jets. So, wait. So, Jay, how much money did somebody win? If you uh, it the if, bet. Bet. Well, what,
1: what was the largest the bet. What was the largest bet? best bet. Oh, I think okay. it was the best bet to take. If someone put a, even a G down, that's a nice little payday. Oh, my God. But what if someone put, like, 10 Gs down? They ain't going to work today. Eight
4: million dollars. They ain't going to work today. <laughs> I think.
1: I don't
3: know. No. They ain't going to work today. It, my
4: math isn't as good as Aaron Boone. Hey, yeah, that's 800 Eight hundred. When
3: that boss calls and it's you are about 30 minutes late, where are you? Like, I quit. <laughs> yeah. Leave
1: my ass alone. When Chappelle, when Chappelle married Oprah from the I'm skin, Rich. <laughs> I'm rich. Came in. I never How's approved buddy,
3: this. It's four people around. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: on Friday, Ryan Poles was on Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and asked about the uh lack of moves from Chicago this offseason to help second year quarterback Justin Fields. Poll said that's because it's not because they're not fully committed to Fields. Here he is, Ryan Poll's bear GM on Cap and Hood on ESPN 1000, Cap and Jay Hood on his confidence in Justin Fields.
2: We're all in on Justin. Um, I believe in Justin. Our staff believes in Justin. And like I said from the beginning, we're going to we're going to set this up for him to succeed. And I know I've got a lot of questions, but what about receiver? What about it? We're going to do the best we can with the roster. We're going to improve the roster as well, but we're also going to get the scheme. We're going to get the technique. Uh, and Our coaches are hard at work, and so is Justin. Uh, I mentioned this earlier today. Justin is grinding right now, and he's putting in the time. The leadership piece is coming out of him, uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited about him and what he's going to become here. That's a great thing about uh, Justin Fields and his ability as a young player to adapt to the situation that he was given. And, I mean, when you think about Trey Lance for a minute and where he's at, at with the Chicago Bears, I meant, I meant Zach Wilson where he's at with the Chicago Bears. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant, oh. uh <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I was for you, Max. I think when you I got it. I think when you look at though Justin Fields' situation versus like the New York Jets and the way that they went all out of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the way that they spent money in free agency to help Trevor Lawrence out, all of the all three of these quarterbacks are in different situations based on where the organization is at and what they feel. I don't necessarily think Jacksonville uh spending the type of money upgraded the team where they're gonna fight for the conference or even the division. Where The Jets, if they get hot, it could be interesting depending on what the young quarterback and Zach Wilson is all about. But there's no rush in Justin Fields. Take your time, build it the right way, and now all of a sudden you get a young quarterback that you can groom and he can be there and be happy for a long time. Yeah, I never, you know, people,
3: Ryan Poles has came out multiple times and talked about how he wants to build this franchise over a sustainable amount of time, right, to be patient. So I, I get where there is the hyper-awareness and anger from, well, we didn't, we didn't draft a wide receiver. We didn't get that blockbuster name key. We came out in and, and the second round and the fifth round. We got more defensive-ended players. But at the same time, like just be patient with the process. Let's for also
1: minute. keep in mind. The Bears had to trade up to get Justin Fields in the first place, right? So they used some of their draft capital to go get their quarterback. Now you got to give him. And also, they weren't finishing with 15 losses, right? They were competitive when they had Trubisky in there. So... They now have to replenish some draft value and go out and surround Justin Fields just like the Jets surrounded Zach Wilson. By the way,
3: Key, just as many holes on the defensive end as there is on the offensive end for the Bears, by the way.
2: Yeah, and, and Chicago, is, Chicago is not ready to take a giant leap. I don't think Jacksonville is ready to take a giant leap, although right. they do have Doug Peterson that won a Super Bowl. He knows how to coach. They, you know, So to spend a little bit of money there, Max, I'm not – I'm okay with that. And the Jets had a ton of draft picks. They had to use them to build the team. Chicago, like you said, they just don't.
1: They're in different positions. Let them them see see what happens, the way they build around Justin Fields. Meantime, guys, Dimitri Bivol retained his light heavyweight title. With a unanimous decision against Canelo Alvarez, all three judges had every round scored the same and wound up with scorecards 115-113, which let me translate, with no knockdowns or point deductions, that means they all had the same seven rounds for Bivol and the same five rounds for Canelo. They all saw it the same way, decisive win for Bivol. Now, he was the number one pound for pound in many people's estimation. I did not have Canelo number one pound for pound. I have a fighter named... Terrence Bud Crawford, number one pound for pound, and I have had for years. I've had him right there. However, a lot of people are down now on Canelo's ridiculous. For years, I was saying, Bivol is, who was undefeated, very good technical fighter, and a light heavyweight, super middleweight, light heavyweight, when Canelo's really like a middleweight, super middleweight. That's the most difficult fight for Canelo, 175 and below. That's the guy with the best chance to actually beat him because of his style and his excellence, Right. Canelo didn't run. And by the way, he wasn't a big name. Canelo could have taken a million guys, made better action fights, and he'd have had a, had a better chance to win. So he the moved fact, up in weight class. Yeah, he moved him. up to light heavy to fight him in his prime. This dude's exactly. in his prime. So when people are critical of Canelo, he took a big risk, minimum reward, maximum risk, and, and he lost, right? And by the way, people talk about the scorecards, the possible range of scores that I would have taken anywhere from 9 to 3 to 7 to 5 for Bavol. All three judges gave Canelo all the benefits of the doubt, and he still lost 7-5. What do you think this does overall to Canelo's legacy? No, I mean, to, he started— you know, he were, that's, It was trending over like, what his legacy actually is now. He was junior middleweight champ, middleweight champ, super middleweight champ, and he won uh, against Kovalev at light heavy and then took a—oh, well, Kovalev was over the hill. Knocked Kovalev out. Okay, let me go back up and take the hardest guy to beat. No one wants to fight Bivol because no one knows who he is, and he's really technically good. So he lost. So what does it do to his legacy? It would have like just like a basketball player had he beaten Bivol, it enhances his legacy. Right. The fact that he loses to Bivol, it doesn't take away from it. It's just not as enhanced as it would have been. Right. Mm. Like that's 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 all. But uh, he wants to have a rematch with Bivol. If I were Canelo advising Canelo, you don't need him. Like the style is wrong for you. Bivol is very, very good. You can make a million other great fights where you have a better chance to win than a technical boxer of Bivol's quality in his prime who's a naturally larger guy. I'd leave him alone. Anyway, Steph Curry at the Warriors. Well, before I even get to that, Ja's not going to play. This is why Ja was on my mind before and I... I slipped him into the uh, into the uh, Sun series. Ja-, <laughs> ja Morant is unlikely to play in game four against the Warriors. He's listed as doubtful, and Taylor Jenkins, coach Taylor Jenkins, said he got further evaluation going on, but from what I've been told, there's probably a real good chance he doesn't play Monday tonight. Ja was injured when grabbing for a loose ball against two Warriors defenders, including Jordan Poole. But was he? But was he injured? That play specifically? Oh, Go ahead, interesting. Max. Jay Go has ahead. something on that. Here's Steph on whether, because Ja made a reference to uh, he broke the code, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what Ste- was what Steve Curry said earlier in the series about a play. So Ja tried to say, and, and Steph's like, hold on. This is what Steph had to say about Ja insinuating it was dirty.
3: It's unfortunate that that is a conversation right now because obviously nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. Um, but there's nothing malicious about what Jordan did. There's no comparison to what Dylan did or Draymond. Like, nothing in that vein. Um, so it's not a joking matter. Jaws hurt, but it, the, all the rest of it is just total BS in terms of the conversation right now. So um, I remember that term that came up with, hot stove contact. That's what it felt like. Keep it moving.
1: Was it a dirty play, Jay?
3: So... Was it a play that looked awkward? Yes, I think it looked awkward. But I, I didn't see that as something as a dirty play. Um, it, I, I didn't actually see Ja Morant squeal or complain about that play at that moment, which if you're not complaining about that play at that moment, then wouldn't you complain about a dirty play after a dirty play just occurred? It, to, to me, it felt like Ja hurt his knee more so in the closeout going against Clay, uh earlier in that game. But that's me, frankly. I just... I just want guys to stop complaining and just play hoops, you know. Like they were getting blitzed at that time in the game. Like Golden State was playing better. Yeah, they were going to lose. They were going to lose easily. So, like my thing were there dirty plays in the first two games? Yes, there were. But in this game, that to me it seemed like a basketball type of play.
1: Key punch,
2: coach. Key a punch. yes. How does that? What? I don't understand. I, as I'm continuing to watch the video. How, what i don't whoever came up and said it's a dirty play because i'm reaching for the basketball and i touch your knee as i'm grabbing trying to get the basketball i'm grabbing and i happen to grab your knee well, i don't even understand how people could even try to make that even nah, people because said,
3: said jaw's the one that you know put out it, after the game it says you know broke the code and things of that sort so <sighs> my thing is like look for Jaws.
2: come on man Jaws has John. been
3: playing his tail off question becomes around Jaron Jackson and Bain is a little bit beat up and some of the other players really stepping up for these moments. But at the end of the day, man, like hoopers are going to hoop. These things are going to happen. And I sent Evan Wilner, our producer, a clip of Desmond Bain literally diving into the needs of Jordan Poole, which could have been considered a dirtier play than the play that everybody's trying to make Jordan Poole out to be. Jordan Poole looks like he's reaching for the ball. It looks awkward in slow-mo. But in real time, you would never. The play with Desmond Bain is a crazier play. Mm. Could have taken out the knees of the, the knees of Jordan Poole. So my thing is, stop complaining. Let's hoop, go out and win the damn game.
2: Well, but, I guess, I, I guess for Josh's sake, you built you're building in a little bit of an excuse when you wind up. Yes. But but, seeing, key, but key, if, I,
3: if I'm the Warriors and I had posted the video clip of Desmond Bain trying to dive into the knees of Jordan Poole when the ball is nowhere even close to the play, that's a really dirty play. So if you wanted to complain, the Warriors could have complained. But my thing is when you start complaining after the game is over, not even in the midst of the game by making it a bigger deal, after you've been smacked by 20-plus points, it looks to me like you're giving me a lot of excuses.
1: It is a a chippy series at the very least, right? And Key, what you just said, and Jay, what you follow up with, I agree with. I never thought it was dirty at all. Upon closer inspection, it's possible because, like, he kind of pulls at the knee – so it's a little ambiguous, but I'll say this. When Ja says after the game, they were down like 18, whatever it was. They were down between like 14 and 21 points by that time of the game a lot, right? When when Ja brings it up, it sounds like an excuse in a game they were going to lose anyway, right? He's he, It's Whether or not it's true that guys are kind of bending the rules a little bit, and getting physical, it sounds like an excuse. But, guys,
3: like when you're in the game and then you start complaining about it being a dirty play at that time, that's
1: different. You know what I mean? Well, except maybe you think, ah, oh, I, I can deal with this, and then later on you're like, damn, I can't no. deal with this.
3: No, if somebody grabs me and something hurts, like I'm like, yo! Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: yeah.
2: Right? On, I'm, reacting. There, soon I'm, soon realize, I'm reacting. I'm reacting yeah. to you right then and there in that moment. moment. Is I'm, I'm trying happens. to fight you. I'm yeah. getting hyped about it. Yeah. yeah. As soon as it happens, yeah. your reaction is going to be, what the hell? Because you, you, you're going to feel it, but you may not actually feel whatever it was that was injured until you walk off or something along those lines. But even so, at that moment, if you thought that was not a, uh, it was a dirty play, not a good play, a basketball play, you would have threw your hands up for sure. But what
1: about, if you, what about if you don't know, what, like you're just thinking it's in the mix, and then you see video replay, and you're like, oh, hang on, he grabbed my knee. Like in no, the, but when you it
2: know, happened, Max, I know when you're grabbing my knee. I know when you were grabbing my knee, when you hit me upside the head, any of those sort of I know. And the first thing I'm gonna do is be like, yo, what the hell are you doing? I'm gonna throw my hands up and scream for bloody murder. That's just what you're gonna do. It 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 it, it, it look. Looking at it, I know when people look at it, it look like he pulled his knee. Mm-hmm. But when you have a blind spot and you're reaching in to try to get the basketball and you touch somebody's body, you're pulling away. I don't think he did it intentionally to injure him at all whatsoever. It just happened to look that way when you slow it down. Because in fast motion, you would never even think that.
1: Well, here's the thing. The, some of these other series, like Sixers, Heat, everyone's defending home court, right? I think the Heat, the, the pressure's now on the Heat in the East, right? Uh, Suns and Mavs, people are defending home court. Here we have a situation where they split on the road already. And now the, the, the Grizzlies are going to have to try to split on the road without Ja Morant likely. Here's Taylor Jenkins, Grizzly head, Grizzlies head coach, on Ja's status post game. Nothing's changed from there uh, in terms of that was the play uh, that triggered this. And, you know, he's got further evaluation going on. That's Ja I'm talking about um, with this name. If he can't go in game four. Jay, I know the Grizzlies had a great record without him. Like, everyone steps up and all that stuff. Can they beat the Warriors at Golden State? Will they beat the Warriors at Golden State if it's without Ja? No,
3: man. No. They, they will be down 3-1 in this series on the
1: verge of closeout,
3: coming back to Memphis. And now you are going to ask Ja to come back off that knee injury and to be prolific once again. Dude's been averaging close to 30, man, mm-hmm. in these playoff series. I mean, he's been prolific with the exception of Jaron Jackson, who played well in game uh, game one, where he had 33 points, like he really hasn't been getting a lot of help. Okay, we talked about him dropping 47, actually outscoring Golden State down the stretch late in the fourth quarter in that game two for them to defend home court to a degree to split, right? So my thing is Ja has to be prolific, and I know what the regular season record is, but there's nothing that makes me believe that this – Memphis team will actually be able to come together and other guys. Desmond Bain has also been in, uh, injured as well with the lower back thing. So he's been a shell of himself. So without Ja, I don't think they have a chance.
2: Well, look, it, 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 without Ja, they won't win this game. With Ja, maybe he comes back or they go back to Memphis. But at the end, even if they get to 3-2, they're going back to Golden State. So it's like it's pretty much I, – I guess for me it's pretty much over. You may not concede this early in the situation as a player – But I'm not a player, and I'm looking at it and saying they're going back 3-1. Let's say they do get one back at home, and it goes a 3-2. It swings back to Golden State again, and that means it's a wrap. So, guys, here's
1: the one thing about Ja, and we can move along. But like Luca, you know, like so winning time is on. I know a lot of the Lakers don't like winning time, and I like the Lakers, but, oh, do I enjoy watching this thing. It's like candy, you know? and And – it were, now they're up to the season finale, where I assume they will cover the finals. Magic Johnson, forget about the fact that he dropped 42-15-7 as a 20-year-old rookie jumping at center, even though he was a point guard, right, and won the chip in the decisive game in the finals. But Magic throughout the series and throughout the... Everyone got the ball. The offense all flowed. Everyone stayed hot because Magic made sure of it, right? Luka Doncic, who's compared to guys like... Magic and LeBron, has had to learn in this series how to keep guys around. Like, when Jay, you say Ja's not getting help, but they're all helping each other when Ja's not playing. Then when Ja plays, other guys get cold. Same thing with Luka. Brunson steps up when Luka's not playing. The key now, not everyone's Magic Johnson. I don't care how great you are. The key now for guys like Luka and Ja is to make sure that they get theirs and also make sure that the guys around them stay hot. That's kind of their job as the primary ball handler. And I, I, so I, that's something I have my eye on for Dallas and for, uh, for Memphis, right? Can your amazing all-world primary ball handler guy do a Magic Johnson? Not just well, well, step up when you need him to keep his guys hot. Yeah, I
3: mean, but for Memphis, they don't have that choice because Jaws not playing in game four.
1: Right, So now, so I think guys can step up. But can Ja can – like, if they would have stepped up while Ja was on the floor, to me that's on him a lot.
3: Uh, yeah, but Steven Adams still has in play health and safety protocol. Desmond Bain is banged up. Uh, banged up. <laughs> He's banged up, right, in this series. Jaron Jackson up. always seems to get in foul trouble. Um, I think there's still questions around this team without Ja. And then when you think about Luka – yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but Luka hasn't really played well the last two games. You got Jalen Brunson step up big time in game two, and then you have Dorian Finney-Smith last night where people are like, oh, if he could play that way all the time. I'm like, wait, now we're trying to say Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith need to be the guys when Luka can't be the guys. Still not enough, in my opinion, but we'll see.
1: Keyshawn J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guys, I said stuff about Steph Curry. Everyone gets real hot on this show. Oh, you can't say Steph's not perfect, and he, he's already the greatest player in any sport of all time. Oh, wait a minute, guys. Oh, shut up, Max. They're Here's Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, on First Take on what this postseason means for Steph's legacy.
2: If Steph Curry wants to crack in that top 10 category of greats of all time, the one thing that those top 10 players have is a finals MVP. And all I'm saying is if he want to move from being in the top 15 greatest of all time to the top ten player of all time, he has to get that finals MVP trophy under his belt.
1: Oh, well said, Kendrick. Ah, Perkins, Perkins be quiet. You talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but there's the thing. Like, you're not you don't just get to be top ten because you're great, and then, well, let's not take anything away from him. You, as great as you are, you have to earn your way into a club of the greatest players of all time. And Steph. Is up there, but I would not say top ten. I agree with Perkins.
3: But who has said top ten?
1: Who, who who's put Steph
3: in the top ten?
1: I think there's a lot of talk, and you are one of the leaders want, of the talk about can I put him in the top ten? Well, it it, the conversation definitely warrants itself.
3: Yep. I mean, it, it's a conversation. Nobody said he's you know confirmed in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I said right now he's an outside looking in, but I do believe when it's all said and done, he will be top ten. Fair enough. Yeah.
2: If he if he if he if he could steal that MVP and grab one. He starts to slide himself for sure in the top ten conversation. No question about it. But
3: let's also be honest, though, about when they won that chip where he didn't get the finals MVP, when they gave it to Iguodala, he should have got
1: finals MVP. Oh, you and I one? know what
3: it says on the paper. Yeah. The dude averaged 27. You mean the
1: one where Kyrie and Kevin Love were hurt and it still went six games? Doesn't that matter, one? man. Okay. Injuries
3: are part of the game. Is
1: James Harden trending back to being a top ten player right now, Jay? That's next on ESPN Radio, what? Series XM, Channel 80. G's Sean, Jay Will, and Max, the podcast.